0: Okay, good morning everybody. We're up to, we're in Ketur Shulchan Aruch. 130, chapter 139, number 9. And now we're going to learn about how the candles on the menorah should be placed. The candles should be positioned in one row of equal height. Not with one candle high and another one low. So all of the candles should be at the same height is that correct? Is, is there one candle that is higher and one candle that is lower? Which one is higher? Shabbat. The shamash. So we're going to talk about that now. There should be a space between each light so that the flames do not draw close to one another, which would give the appearance of a torch. If, were, if you had like a Abdullah candle with all of the wicks together, it would, it would look like a torch and not like a candle. With wax candles, there should be enough of a space between each one so that they are not heated by one another, causing the wax to drip and the candles to be ruined. If you have wax candles close to each other, so you know what's going to happen? The fire of one candle will make the wax of the second candle melt. And so we want to make sure that between the candles there's enough space that even the candles shouldn't get hot from one another. What happens if you have a big pot and inside of the pot you put wicks all around it? Are the wicks... Are the, is the flame going to be the same height? Yeah. Because the wicks will float on top. And the height of the wick will be all the same. So the question is, can we do that? If one filled the dish with oil and placed wicks around its perimeter, then if he covers it with a vessel that has separate openings for each wick, each wick can be counted as one light. But if he did not cover it with the vessel, then it is not even counted as one light because it is like a torch. Okay. So if you would put a space between each one of the wicks in the pot, it would be okay. You know what's really amazing, David, about this?
1: Yeah.
0: That from here we learn that you're able to put the, ca- the lights all in a different... They don't all have to be straight. Because that's the story of the pot. It was in a circle, but you you do what you want them to all be straight. It's best for them to all be straight. Come. Now we're going to learn what happens if you have. Have you ever seen? Oh, you have you ever seen those the uh, lamps that people hold, and inside of it is a flame.
1: Yeah. A lantern.
0: A lantern, thank you. Yeah. So what happens if you have a lantern that has two wicks inside of it? Regarding a lamp that has two or more openings for wicks, two people should not light it, even on the first night of Chanukah, because it will not be evident how many lights have been lit by each person. So if you have a lantern with two wicks in it, it's, people won't be able to differentiate what night of Chanukah it is. Now we're going to learn when you should light the menorah. What time of day is best to light the menorah? Number 10. The time for lighting the menorah is immediately at nightfall. And one should not delay past this time. It is forbidden to do anything before lighting, even to study Torah. However, if one has not yet prayed Myrev, he should first he should pray first and then light the menorah. And before lighting, he should gather all the members of his household to publicize the affair of lighting the menorah. So, number one is here. The kitzer says, "We light the menorah at nightfall." Our custom is that we light it by we light it after sunset. Once you could light the menorah, you shouldn't do anything else before lighting it. You shouldn't even learn Torah. The first thing you should do at the time you're allowed to light the menorah is light the menorah. The one exception we're learning is if you haven't yet davened, my review should first daven and then light the menorah. What's the reason, David? So here, Halacha teaches us a rule. You ready for the rule, bar? The rule is, if you do something every day, it comes before something that you don't do every day. So the, 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 the wor- the word of the Allah is tadir v'she'ene tadir, something that is very common. Again, something that is not so common. Tadir koyedem. The common things comes thing comes first. So, for example, do we wear our tallis every single day of the week? Yes. Good job. Tallis we wear on Shabbos. Do we wear our tzilin on Shabbos? No. So, what do we put on first every morning? Do we put on the tallis first, first, or the tzilin first? The tallis. Because a talis we wear every day of the week. We put on talis first. So too, do we light the menorah every single day of the year? No, only on Chanukah. Do we daven mayrev every single day of the year? Yes. So if you have to daven mayrev and light the menorah, which one should you do first? If you need to both daven mayrev and light the menorah, which one should you do first? Mayrev, because mayrev is every day of the year. Now we're going to learn how when you prepare the menorah it, ha- it should be lit for a minimum of a half hour. He must put enough oil in the menorah cups to burn for at least a half hour. After the fact, if he did not light immediately at nightfall he may light later with a blessing, with a bracha as long as some members of his household are still awake. So when you light the menorah there should be someone up to light it with you. However, if everybody in your house is sleeping, Baruch, are you ever awake and everyone else is sleeping? Sometimes you are. Okay, so if you didn't light the menorah and everybody else is sleeping, there is no longer a possibility of publicizing the miracle with the lighting. And you should therefore light without reciting the blessings. If no one is up, the Kitzer says you should light without a blessing.
1: <laughs>
0: Our custom is that we should wake somebody up. You ever wake up your parents? You've never done it. That's amazing. Baruch Hashem. I know some kids that do wake up their parents. Uh, So here we're learning that you should, you should, if you need to light the menorah and everybody's sleeping, you should wake someone up for the lighting. If he will not have the time to light at night, he may light earlier. From Plag HaMenech onward. If you don't have time to light the menorah, at night, so you're allowed to light the menorah from the time of plag ha-mincha and plag ha-mincha is an hour and a quarter before nightfall, so we're currently learning when you should ideally light the menorah and the ideal time to light the menorah according to the Kitzor Shulchan Aruch is from nightfall, our custom is from sunset but we're learning that if you can't light at that time, you could even light an hour and a quarter earlier And this time is calculated using seasonal hours, which vary depending on the length of the the day. See above 69.2. So when we talk about an hour and a quarter for the time that you're later light before nightfall, this is talking about seasonal hours, which we've discussed in a previous class. during the days of Chanukah, when the days are short, if the day is just ten hours long on the clock, ten standard hours, and Plaga has is one standard hour and two and a half minutes before nightfall. So Kitzer now breaks it up. He says, "Well, he's learned an hour and a quarter before nightfall, what is an hour and a quarter before nightfall, if the day is very short and only ten hours? It would be an hour and two minutes before nightfall. Now Baruch, here comes the catch. According to the kids, sir, we remember your, your candles need a light for a half hour after nightfall. So if you light an hour and a quarter before nightfall, and it needs to light a half hour into nightfall, how long does the needle burn in total? If what? If you're lighting an hour and a quarter before nightfall, and it needs to burn for a half hour after nightfall, how long in total does the menorah need to burn? An hour. One hour and 45 minutes or an hour and 32 minutes, or an hour and 32 minutes if we're taking the 10 hour se- of the seasonal hours.
1: Uh,
0: the <laughs> oh, So we need to make sure, that's a good yeah. point, that the candles stay lit for long enough. One may light a plague ha-mincha only if he puts enough oil in the menorah lamps so that the lights will burn until a half hour after nightfall. We need to make sure that the candle will remain lit. If they do not burn for this long, he has not fulfilled the mitzvah. So, a very important halacha we're learning now. That the candles need to be lit for a half hour into nightfall. And if when you light the candles, you know it's not going to last that amount of time, this is, you're not doing the mitzvah. We're up to number, so we're in chapter 139, number 11. Now we're going to talk about. When we light the menorah, where do we start lighting from? Do we start from the left side? Do we start from the right side? Do we start from the new candle, the old candle? Let's see that inside, chapter 139, number 11. The procedure... Sorry, Tim. Tell me when you're ready. 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 Ready, steady. Here we go. Number 11. The procedure for lighting the menorah according to our custom is as follows. On the first night, one lights the lamp that is on his right. We always start on our right. Remember we learned in chapter... Right at the beginning, you always start on your right. On the second night, he adds, a second, he adds a second candle towards his left. To the left of the previous night's candle. And in this manner, he continues each night adding a candle toward his left. Now here's, here's something interesting.
1: a way:
0: Great question. Hold that question. We're going to talk about it. Great question. Here's something interesting. Generally, we always go to our right. However, we light the newest candle, which is on our left. So we start from the left, lighting the candles. Each night, he lights the additional candle first, and then turns and continues with the one to his right. (laughs) Any questions? Number 12. Right here. 12. Okay, 12. Now we're going to talk about the blessings we make, the three blessings and some fascinating insights about them. On the first night, the one who is lighting recites before the lighting, because we always make a blessing before the action. Except one, one familiar exception, David and Micha, I want you to think very hard. When is the time, generally, do we make the bracha before we kiss the tzitzas or after we kiss the tzitzas? Before. Before.
1: Yeah. Before.
0: Do we make the bracha before we eat challah or after we eat the challah?
1: Before.
0: Trick after question.
1: Before and after. Before and bench? after.
0: Well, we bench. We thank Hashem for the bread. But we make the blessing before of Hamotzi before the bread. That's a good help. What's one item that we make the blessing after the action? Could you help me, Tim?
1: Sure. When we go to the restroom. Uh, I
0: so going to the restroom, we're thanking Hashem for the ability to go to the restroom. It's an interesting example.
1: Okay. <laughs> You're thinking washing hands?
0: Uh, yes. I, I have to give that more thought, why that's not spoken about in this, we don't talk about that blessing in this, <laughs> in this idea. But washing the hands. Washing the hands, we, we wash our hands and then we make the blessing. What's the reason? Because if we're washing our hands, then we're saying our hands are dirty. So we don't want to bless Hashem with dirty hands, we want to wash our hands. So back over here, we're going to light the menorah, but this is a, I'm going to think about your, your point. Okay. We light the menorah after the blessings. Here we go, on the first night, number 12, the one who is lighting recites before the lighting the following three blessings. Lehadlik ner shel chanukah, she'osu and We thank Hashem for the mitzvah to light the candles. We thank Hashem for the miracle He did to us. And we thank Hashem Shehechianu that He brought us to this day, that we're alive and well. However, Micha, tough question for you. How many nights of Hanukkah do we say Shehechianu? It's a hard one. You could ask ask for help from anyone. Take a guess though, take a guess. Micha, you just take a guess. Four. Four is very close. The answer is only the first night. And here's the reason behind it. Shecheyanu Shekhi means thank Hashem for bringing me to the holiday of Hanukkah. Well, once, I got it, once I'm here one day, I'm here for the festival. Good job. On the rest of the nights, he recites only the first two blessings, but does not recite the Shecheyanu blessing. There are many customs of ha- of Lighting the menorah. When you say she, the ma'osur and hanerosh salalu the kitr has the following custom. After you've recited the blessings, you light one candle. Because remember, you remember we learned previously, the mitzvah of Hanukkah is only really one candle? If you're extra scrupulous, yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll light all eight. But the mitzvah, it could be fulfilled with only one. So the Kitcher says you light one candle. And while you're lighting the remaining ones, you say the passage of Haneros salalu However, our custom is to finish lighting all the candles and then we say Haniru Saladu. When a convert recites the blessings, instead of reciting Lava Lavainu who has brought miracles for our forefathers, he says, Shasta Nisam La Israel, who has brought miracles for for Israel. However, if he said Lava for our forefathers, he has fulfilled our obligation. Again, many people share here that everybody, including a convert, can say to uh, thank Hashem for doing this miracle for our forefathers, including the convert. Another scenario we're going to talk about is, God forbid, someone who has just lost a close relative, an immediate relative, a parent, spouse, child, or sibling, and they have not yet been buried. And in such a case, the, his, the name of this person, in such a scenario, is called an onain. And an onain is exempt from all positive commandments, the Torah says you need to focus on what's at hand. You know, this is someone has passed away. You're responsible to take all the necessary arrangements, um, and it's you're exempt from all positive commandments. So, should you light the menorah or not? Let's see this inside. In the case of an onen, God forbid, if there is another person available, the other person should light the menorah and recite the blessings, and the onen should respond, Amen. Instead. No, this is someone who's still alive And his relative, a very close relative Has died And has not yet been buried So he should not light it He should have someone else light it And he should say "Amen." However, if there's no, one, no other person with him He should light, but without reciting the blessings He would not say the blessings Any questions? The next two halachos Are extremely imp- well. Wow, they're all extremely important well, I want to talk about number 13. So, Micha built a menorah that turns. And here I want to talk, let's learn the halacha inside and let's revisit the menorah and some interesting details about it. Are you ready? Ready. Okay, good. We have an established rule that lighting fulfills the obligation. Hadlaka'osei mitzvah. This means that lighting the menorah constitutes the mitzvah. The act of lighting the menorah is the obligation. Meaning, what we're going to learn in a moment is if the menorah goes out midway, that's fine. As long as at the moment you lit it, everything was there for it to remain lit for the entire time. The mitzvah is not that it needs to be lit for a half hour. The mitzvah is to light it to stay lit for a half hour. And therefore, at the time of lighting, the candles must already be in their proper place and with the proper amount of fuel. Everything must be perfect at the time of lighting. And therefore, for example, some fascinating details. Micha, you're with me? Yeah. David, you're here? This rule excludes a case where one lit the menorah when it was positioned below three tfachim or above 20 amats. If you remember, we learned last week, there's a minimum and maximum height. So if you lit the menorah too low and then you put it where it belongs, or you lit it too high and then you put it where it belongs, you have not fulfilled your obligation. And then afterward, while they are lit, you place them in their proper place. Since the mitzvah is the act of lighting, they are not valid. Likewise, if at the time of lighting the menorah, the menorah did not have the the proper amount of oil. And then, as the menorah is lit, you subsequently add oil. This is ineffective because at the time you light it, everything needs to be in place. A third example. Likewise, if you place a menorah in a place where the wind reaches and the flames are standing to be extinguished, it's, it's a matter of time till the wind comes and puts it out because the flame oil is not strong enough. for. The so he has not fulfilled his obligation even if you subsequently moved it away from the wind and you are obligated to light them again but should not recite the blessings again. So in all of these three cases, if you lit it too high or too low and then put it in its appropriate place, if you didn't put in enough fuel, or if you uh, put it in a place where it's going to get extinguished, you need to light it again. However, this is a fascinating detail, if you place them in a proper place and lit them there, and by chance they were extinguished afterward, he has already fulfilled the mitzvah, and he need not light the menorah again. So if you did it correctly and the menorah went out, you don't need to do it again. However, although this is ziha nevertheless the custom is to light them again in any case. We want to light them again. It is customary to be stringent and not light one candle from another candle of the menorah, although this is technically permissible. Rather you should light from the flame of the shamish or from some other candle. So we we should use the shamish to light the different flames of the menorah. So let's talk about this halacha It's a very fascinating halacha very important halacha But the halacha is That at the moment you light the menorah Everything needs to be perfect Following that moment According to the letter of the law It's not my business Again, as we learned If it goes out You should still try and relight it So Micha Does this tell us anything about your menorah? Yes what does it tell us?
1: If it, is, it has to be spinning slow for the candles to, to light. light.
0: It, it has to be spinning slow enough that the flame won't go out. Good point. But that
1: could make wind. Uh, basically yeah. it's
0: well, yeah, if it's spinning fast, that could create wind and put it out. Correct.
1: But if it's spinning slow... Correct. It? Correct. But and it's still moving. So it makes maybe a little
0: bit. You know what? This is this is something you'll try out one time. Yeah. You'll 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 light it up and see what happens. You'll yeah. see a,
1: Especially
0: yeah. Good work. Okay. Yes, and then we're gonna go to number fourteen. So,
1: it just kind of Yes. Can we actually light that menorah for Haruka at actually?
0: Can we, light that thing Can we light that menorah for Hanukkah in our shul? Yeah. You'd have to ask the rabbi.
1: Okay. But you're the rabbi.
0: I'm not the shul rabbi. Okay. <laughs> That's, okay. Oh, you the rabbi. Okay, number 14. Now we're going to learn about not using the flame of the menorah for any benefit, it's a mitzvah. For the entire time that the mitzvah of Hanukkah lights is being fulfilled through the lights of the menorah, which is, how long did we learn the menorah needs to be lit? David? 30 minutes. Yeah. 30 minutes. It's in your lap book, right? 30 minutes. It is forbidden to benefit from their light. Therefore, for this reason, it is customary to place next to the Hanukkah lights, what do we put next to it? So we allow to sit next next to it? the shamish candle with which the other candles were lit so that if one were to use the light of the menorah he would use the light of the shamish remember when I look at the menorah I want to see in a second what night of Hanukkah it is and one must position the shamish slightly higher than the other candles so that it should be clear that it is not included in the number of the Hanukkah candles higher or lower to be clear we want to make sure that the shamish stands out that it's not part of the number but it's position does not matter where it is on the menorah
1: yes go ahead so every Chanukah, this uh comes to, this, this halacha comes to mind as the candles come to burn their lowest. Uh, because sometimes the candles, well every time, different candles will go out first. So if the Shammah's candle goes out first, then any remaining light from the, from the remaining candles aren't taking, uh, a, you know, a, a, I can't use those lights and I don't have the protection of the Shammah's candle.
0: So this is within a half hour of the lighting, because once it's a half hour, we're not
1: concerned. Oh, respect. So after a half hour, we don't. The midst
0: the of the light half light. hour, correct,
1: correct, and just. Yeah. And use the light. So could you use the light for your for benefit could you read by the Hanukkah menorah?
0: Let's just look at the words of the kids are yeah. And I at the beginning of fourteen. Yeah, good um, Read a, Read me how how it says in your kids are at the beginning just of fourteen.
1: Begin to make any use of the Hanukkah candles during the half hour, that the lights must burn. Thank Perfect. You. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So if the Shavuot candle
0: goes out. Theoretically, during that time, you would want to relight, want to re-light it. it. Um, but after that time, there's no need to relight it. But, uh, thank you. Absolutely. Okay. Number 15. Everybody hopefully will light the menorah in their house. But I'd like to share that. You could share. You could both have a turn. Everybody should light the menorah in their house. So if we're lighting the menorah in our house, why do we need to light it in Shul? It's interesting. We're going to light in Shul, similar to the on Mikdash. And let's talk about this. Uh, directions was never my thing, but we'll, 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 we'll see if I can make this happen. So David, what direction is that? Okay. No. <laughs> east, west, north, or south? East. east. Mika, tough question. What di- if that's east, what direction is that? West. Good. Even harder question. If that's east and that's west, what direction is this? Um,
1: north. No, south. South.
0: south. south. And that would make that? Yeah. Good. What side of the base HaMikdash did the menorah stand? Ooh, that's a tough question. Yeah. South. Yeah. And because of that, we're going to put the menorah in the shul. The custom south, is you put it on the fish, south right. of the shul. It's right over right. here. Oh.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So when you go... This is a halacha. Let's see this south and there's even more detail. It should be on the south facing east to west. So in other words, we could put the menorah here on the south, facing um, facing north to south, but actually we're going to learn clearly it should be on the south, facing north to west. Let's see this inside number 15.
1: East, east to west.
0: East, east to west. Thank you. Number 15.
1: East to, east to west. Yeah, uh, like The right side or the left side? Let's
0: see it in a second, right
1: Baruch. Um, here.
0: We light Hanukkah candles in the synagogue in order to publicize a miracle. So the first thing is, we light it in the shul to make a big, big uh, display of the miracle. And blessings are recited before lighting them. The menorah is placed on or near the south wall. And it is lit between mincha and meirev. So, you dab in mincha, and then you light the menorah, and then meirev. Now, so you know, in case you're going to light the, the candles, for example, if you're downtown, we're going to also light the candles, all public menorah lightings, including in Shul, do not fulfill your obligation. A person does not fulfill his personal obligation with the candles in the synagogue, and he must light the menorah again in his house. Yes, absolutely.
1: Um... Um, um, but um think um, yeah. downtown we um, face north.
0: So in downtown it's a good question. It, if it's not in shul, only in shul do we have the we have the custom to face it on the south wall. Like the base Amigdash because shul is called a a mini base Amigdash. But when you're doing it in a public place, we don't have that custom. A mourner we have the custom that a mourner does not say Shehachianu. Thanking Hashem for bringing me to this time because it's a sad time. So, because of that, we're going to discuss a mourner saying the Shehachianu on lighting the menorah. One who is. What's a mourner? A mourner is someone.
1: Is somebody who already died in the. Uh, can I.
0: Good. Someone, a relative, has passed away, and the mourning for the relative within thirty days for certain relatives and a, year, and a year for others. One who is a mourner, God forbid, should not light the menorah in the synagogue on the first night. Why? Because he's going to be required to recite the shechichanu blessing on the first night, and a mourner should not recite the shechichanu blessing in public. However, in his house, he recites the shechichanu blessing. So we've discussed: you light the menorah in the south side, you light it between Mincha and Maire Shul. Um, and a mourner should not light it in a public place because he's saying a Shechianu publicly, which we, the custom is not to make. We'll learn two more Halachos. Now we're going to learn about women. Are women responsible to light the menorah? Generally we know that women are very busy and the Torah says that they're so busy that they're exempt from all time, positive time-bound mitzvahs. Like tefillin. Like talis. So do women need to light the menorah? Women are included in the obligation of Hanukkah lights. Why? If we, we learned last week. For they too were involved in the miracle of Hanukkah. Why? Why were they involved? If The miracle actually happened through a woman. Yehudis was actually yeah. the person who... Go ahead.
1: So Yehudis was... Can I talk
0: so okay. in ten seconds, the.
1: Okay. Yeah, um, went to went to the king and the king of the Greeks and he and she fed him dairy food, which made him drunk general. and. The, and then it, she
0: cut his head off. And that was the miracle of of the Hanukkah story. Good job. I
1: want this one.
0: Yes. Good.
1: It, was the, it was the general It was
0: a general, correct. So because the mirror, the woman were directly involved, therefore we say that they need to fulfill this mitzvah. And because they need to fulfill a like men, it's an interesting halacha, a woman may light on behalf of all her household members. That means the woman could fulfill the obligation even for the men. However, it's not so tzniyis and it's not so modest and we discourage the practice. What about a minor who has reached the age where he is to be educated in mitzvahs, and we'll discuss the age later in chapter 165, is also obligated to light the menorah. A blind person who can't see the menorah, do they need to light the menorah? A blind person, if he's able to partner with someone else, that means he physically gives the other person a pruta coin, he gives them some money to participate in the lighting, it is better than lighting himself. If he has a wife, she should light for him. If he does not have a wife and he's living in his own living quarters and no one he could partner with, he shall light the menorah, but someone else should assist him in lighting the menorah. So to summarize, women are fully obligated to light the menorah, however, a husband fulfills his obligation for his wife when he lights, so she doesn't need a light, Um, but nonetheless she has the obligation to light that's fulfilled by her husband lighting. Um, a blind person should not ideally should ideally try not to light on his own. Um, but if there's no one else that needs, if there's no one else that needs to um, light the menorah, there he should light it with someone else helping him. We're going to conclude with the next halacha. Actually, the next two go together. We'll conclude with the next two. Number seventeen. On Erev, Shabbos, what do you like first? Khanika candles or Shabbos candles?
1: I'm Shabbos, Hanukkah.
0: So why, why Hanukkah candles?
1: Because um, after I like Shabbos candles, it's already Shabbos.
0: Outstanding. We learned just a moment ago at the beginning, Micha, we learned...
1: It's in a
0: laptop. Amazing. <laughs> and I'll, but I'll tell you why I like it so much. We learned earlier that if you have myriv or Shabbos candles, or if Mayra or Chanukah candles, you should daven Mayra first, because Mayra is every night. So something that is constant, you should do first. Now what comes first, Shabbos candles or Chanukah candles? Which one do we do more often? Shabbos candles. So according to the previous thought that something that's more common comes first, you should light Shabbos candles first. However, the moment you light Shabbos candles, you can't light any other candles. So the menorah needs to be lit first. We light the menorah and then the Shabbos candles. I'm going to take the question in a moment, okay? Yeah. As long as you kindle the Chanukah lights after Plag hamincha, you shouldn't light the menorah too early. Because so if you light it too early, then it's going to be as if you lit it the previous day. We recite the mincha prayer before lighting the menorah. Now remember, the menorah needs to be lit a half hour into nightfall, and if you're lighting it out of Shavis, it's going to have to remain lit very long. Actually, you'll see, when you buy, sh- when you buy candles for the Shamish, There are seven smaller ones and one tall one. That tall one is there specifically for Shabbos because it needs to light longer. One must put enough oil in the menorah so that the flames burn until a half hour after nightfall. If you don't do so, remember, you have not fulfilled your obligation. And the blessing was in vain. Because remember, lighting the menorah is a mitzvah, but it needs to be lit to be able to last a half hour into nightfall. If you light the menorah near the doorway and it's Shabbos... If the wind puts out the fire on Shabbos, it's a double problem. We don't want the wind to put out the menorah. But even more important is the Torah obligation for, for the fire not to go out on Shabbos. We don't put out a fire. And if you're going to open the door and it puts out a fire, you've essentially put out the fire. So if you light the menorah near the doorway, take care, not to, take care to place something as a partition between the candles and the door so that the wind does not extinguish them when the door is open and closed. And I want to jump to 18 and then I'll take your, answer, your question, Micha, because 18 is the opposite end. Motzei Shabbos. What should, what's the order of lighting the candle on Motzei Shabbos? On Motzei Shabbos, Saturday night, we make havdalah. In other words, we need Shabbos to end. Now that havdalah is said, we light the Chanukkah candles. And in the Shul, we light the candles before reciting the Lecha, and may God give you. So let's summarize what we've learned today. We've, we've Actually, sorry, Micha, your question first, and then summary.
1: So, my question is, both well, it's not really a question. It's just, I lost my book. I lost it, oh. and now I don't really know everything that I knew about Hannah.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Let's talk about that in a moment, okay?
1: Yeah.
0: Let's summarize what we've learned today. We started off learning how the candles should all be the same height. And that each wick needs to be separa- identified from afar. We learned you should ideally light the menorah according to the kids are from nightfall. Our custom is sunset. And that you should put enough oil for it to burn a half hour after nightfall. We continue to learn that you start on the right and then you go towards the left each additional night and you light do you light the r- candle on the right first or the candle on the left first?
1: Uh right
0: So you, sp- you, you start putting it on the right but you light first the left it's confusing it's a little confusing
1: Light the newest light. Right Light the You're
0: still right You make three blessings you go the, new, the, new, the newest candle each day in that order Exactly You light the newest candle first the mitzvah is the moment you lit it and therefore the moment you lit it, it needs to be halachically appropriate during the half hour that it needs to be lit we don't have pleasure from the candle and we put the shamish it's our custom to light in shul to increase the awareness of the, of the miracle and we put the menorah on the right in the shul women had a big part of the miracle and therefore they're also responsible to light the Hanukkah candle children that are knowledgeable should should light the menorah um, and someone that's blind should ideally have someone else light the menorah for him. On Arif Shabbos we first light the menorah and then Shabbos candles. And on Motzei Shabbos we first do Havdalah and then light the Shabbos candles.